Sarah, our sponsor Vionic is back today with their Vionic Vitals collection. These shoes are the most essential styles for everyday wear to get us ready for spring, which will be here before we know it. We've already talked about my Uptown Loafers and Willa Slip On Flat and your Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, but this collection also includes the Walk 23 Classic Sneaker. That is that unapologetic dad sneaker style that's so popular right now. And I was just thinking having all four styles would basically be like having a spring capsule wardrobe for your feet. Oh my gosh, that is actually such a genius idea, Megan. I love where you're going with this. You know, high quality shoes are such a classy way to elevate your wardrobe. And the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection really can be worn in your everyday mom life, whether you're running errands or dressing up for an occasion. Yeah, and let's talk about the comfort factor, Sarah. Vionic actually got started by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to make cute and comfortable shoes that can keep up with our active lifestyles. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a mom of three kids, ages two, five, and seven, and I live in Southern California. And I'm Megan. I am the mom of five kids, ages six through 17, and I live in Michigan. This is the Mom Hour, part of the Life Listened Network. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 25 of the Mom Hour. I'm Megan Francis, here as always with my good friend, Sarah Powers. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Megan. This is a very special Halloween episode. We're going to be talking about all things Halloween um, this week. And I uh, want to give a shout out to our great sponsor, Responsibility.org. We've worked with them in the past, and um, you can find the other posts and and Mm -hmm. podcasts that we've done with them in the past. They're a great sponsor, and we'll talk a little bit more about Responsibility.org and their mission um, a little bit later when we dig in. But first, I'm going to let Sarah take over for a minute to do our semi-regular, irregular getting more regular segment. Yes, perfect. Um, Yeah, so every once in a while, we like to uh, just highlight a product or a website or something that's making our lives easier as moms. We do this highly irregularly, as you said, but we're getting better. So um, mine this time is, and I have no idea what yours is, Megan, but mine is actually not a specific product, but it is a method for roasting pumpkin seeds since we're talking about Halloween. So I love roasted pumpkin seeds, and I always remember having them growing up, like after we carved pumpkins. And But I feel like I have never been able to do it really well myself. They were always kind of chewy. Mm. And if you Google it, there's like a, so many different methods. Um, and for a few years, I was going by when they said, a lot of people would say, leave the pumpkin guts kind of on there. It gives them like a good flavor, and you get the pumpkin flavor and all that. Well, last year I tried something different and I soaked the pumpkin seeds overnight and then I spread them out on a paper towel on a cookie sheet and let them completely dry, which sounds more high maintenance and it is, but they were the best I've ever made them. So I don't have a specific recipe, but I'll share a picture from last year because they just look so toasty. I think um, getting that excess moisture out of them, letting them dry, um, just made them really crispy and they didn't have that like chewy, fibrous Mm. texture in your mouth. I don't yeah, even know. I've been do- no, I totally stuff, yeah. know what you mean. And, and it's a little gross and I've been doing it, leaving the, the, the pulp on too, just cause I mean, it's easier. For well, it's for sure. The and easiest. I'm always doing it the last minute too, I feel like, but I don't, I mean with a little, you know, it's who says it has to happen on Halloween anyway. It could be the next no, day. Yeah. Yeah. It totally could. And I, I'm all for easy when 
it makes sense. But something last year made me just try this. I had read it somewhere. So I soaked them overnight in water and then spread them out on a paper towel, like on a cookie sheet and let them completely dry. And then, you know, once they were really, really dry, then you can roast. I mean, I really honestly think whether you do olive oil and salt or some have butter and paprika, I mean, mm. that part is kind of whatever you want. And then even the roasting temperature, I, I was looking at some recipes that say 300, some say four. I don't, I don't know that, that that's more of like a, how toasty do you like yeah. them and how fast you want it to take. So, um, but if you're looking to try it this year, try soaking them in water overnight and then getting them super, super dry before you do whatever's next. I think we usually do like olive oil and sea salt, but they were that. so good last that year. fantastic. Yeah. Because I have, I felt like they haven't been the, the pumpkin seeds of my youth, you know, I, I'm not getting that. I'm not getting that effect and it's very I chewy and, I, and yeah. I'm the main one in my house who really likes them. So it's sort of like become a challenge for me to just make them really yummy. And last year they turned out really good. Cool. So. Nice. Okay. Well, um, I have to apologize a little bit because my voice is very froggy. I'm getting over a cold. So just so everyone knows, um, yeah, I sound like a pack a day smoker right now, but yeah, I, your, uh, <clears throat> your Halloween, your scary, it's Halloween. my scary Halloween voice. Um, so my, my, you know, Halloween related product, I guess of the week is actually a website. It's one that we've worked with in the past and it's one step ahead. And I was just happened mm. to be on their site. They have really cute kids costumes, super cute, cute and really well made. And I happened to be on their site and like most of them are 75% off right now. So if you're listening to this on Tuesday or Wednesday, you'd have to do, you know, one or two day shipping to get right. by Halloween. But you might also stock up for next year. Yeah, it's a great um, especially if you're a family that likes to hand costumes down, which mm-hmm. our family does. They're just really well made, and some of them were like ten bucks or less. And they're oh, that's amazing. Know, they've got some frozen stuff. If anyone's still into that, I don't even know. Um, <laughs> and different accessories and stuff. So it's onestepahead.com, and that's a good place to check out um, if you know you you need a costume real quick or you want to just get. It's some a great idea to, to think. Oh, about they have cute treat bags year. too. Yes, really cute treat bags. Yes. They're well made and will last from year to year, so you don't have to use a plastic shopping bag. Or yeah, whatever. that's a great yeah. one. I we have a couple of costumes from there, and you're right, they are really well made. Yeah, very cool. Cool. All right. Well, we're just kind of going to talk about Halloween today. Yeah. And we have a lot of ground to cover. Megan, spring is one of our family's busiest seasons with tons of time on the go. There are so many places to be and details to remember, and the last thing I need is the constant irritation of uncomfortable shoes. So today we're talking about the Vionic Vitals collection from our longtime sponsor, Vionic Shoes. These are the best essential shoe styles for everyday wear this season. So Katie on our team is getting ready for warmer weather in Chicagoland with a pair of Vionic's Bella Toe Post sandals. These are Vionic's best-selling flip-flop style, and they have a cute little bow on them. They come in nine great colors, but Katie chose a versatile black patent leather. They're super supportive for her high instep, and they even come in wide sizes, which is a great option. Yeah, the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection are classics that don't really go out of fashion. And because they're such great quality, they're going to last as well, even with daily wear, which mine definitely get. And I love that Vionic offers a 30-day guarantee. Wear them, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days. But I have a feeling after those 30 days, our listeners will love their Vionic shoes so much they'll be ready to order another pair. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. This episode is sponsored by Olive in June. And Sarah, I am just so grateful that I have mastered the art of doing my nails at home. When I look down at my cute manicure, I feel a little more pulled together no matter how crazy life is at the moment. 
Thankfully, Olive and June's Manny system makes it so easy and affordable to make Manny time a regular part of my weekly routine. Well, I know the feeling, Megan, and I think it's so fun that with Olive and June, you get to customize your Manny system with your choice of six polishes, plus their top coat is included. So Katie on our team says that she has lately been layering some of their iridescent colors over their gel-like polishes, and the final result looks super shimmery and pretty. I might have to try that this spring. Yeah, and Olive and June press-ons are another cool option. They look so real, and I think it would be a great way to test out another nail shape. A long almond shape is popular right now, and I'm kind of curious what that would look like on me. Okay, well, keep me posted on that one. Listeners, visit oliveandjune.com slash themomhour for 20% off your first Manny system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash T-H-E-M-O-M-H-O-U-R for 20% off your first Manny system. Okay. Well, I kind of thought um, it might be fun to kind of go through the ages and stages. I know our listeners are everything from brand new moms all the way up through like teenagers like you have. So Halloween is so different and parenting and Halloween is so different as you kind of move through those stages. So I thought that might be kind of fun to um, just kind of go through the stages and talk about the things that come up with different age kids. But first, why don't you just tell us how you guys celebrate as a family? Because I know this is a big... This is a big holiday for you guys. Well, it is. Um, okay, so it's changed over the years, obviously. Like you were just saying, ages mm-hmm. and stages. I remember the first year. I mean, I've always loved Halloween. I, for, I First of all, I love the time of year. So mm-hmm. just being outside on a fall, you know, in a crisp fall night, um, I love, although last year it was a little crispier than I would have liked. It was bleeding <laughs> and terrible, and we ran down the street with the kids. It was awful. But anyway, usually it's, an, it's a pleasant night. Mm-hmm. Um, kids don't need to wear, you know, maybe like a little jacket or hoodie or something. So... I loved it growing up. It was also one of those holidays growing up that was kind of just not a free for all isn't the right word, but it was, it was sort of, we didn't plan a lot in advance. We put up some decorations and then on Halloween, my mom would just pull out this big basket we had, or like, you know, like a bin we had full of costumes and we would just decide on the spot what we were going to be. So there wasn't a lot of, you know, there wasn't like a lot of stress around it or anything. It's like, Oh, I'll be pulling out pieces. Like I'd throw a wig on and you know, something else and a dress and, put some makeup on or whatever. And then we would go out. And I remember, especially when my brother and I were old enough to go out on our own, which my brother was four years older. So it was pretty, I was pretty young. Right. And kids did that more in those days, I think too. So like, I think I was maybe six or seven the first time I went out Mm -hmm. without a parent. And just that feeling, you know, I know trick-or-treating has always only been like one and a half or two hour thing in Mm -hmm. different towns, but it felt like we were out for hours. You know, it just felt like we had run like our, we had run of the town and I just remember that feeling of freedom and being out with all those other kids. It was awesome. So I have such good feelings about it. And right. then my husband ended up, um, he and his brother ended up working on this like epic yard haunt that they built over the years. And it ended up featuring a pirate captain ship with like animatronics. I mean, it was crazy. That's we were those people yeah. who had the crazy yard. <clears throat> um, and my brother-in-law, Scott, has moved away. He lives in the East Coast now, so we're not doing it this year. Aww. But um, that became kind of a big part of it, too. So anyway, just kind of the way we do it now is we always have a party um, mm-hmm. for our family and really close friends. And that usually falls the weekend after or weekend before, depending on where Halloween falls. And then right. trick-or-treating is just about us and our kids. And sometimes we'll get together with um, um, Jenna and, and her family, my sister-in-law and brother, <clears throat> and sometimes not, sometimes we just do us with us. And it's getting kind of like a little sad now because 
the ki- the teenagers now aren't you know, they don't want to do yeah. that anymore and they want to yeah. hang around the house but it used to be all of us together yeah out you know trick or treating and now it's not really like that anymore so it's changing I'm yeah. trying to have a good attitude about it I guess yeah <laughs> no it is I mean it is just as you got everybody everybody in the same trick or treating procession that yes. is. Then they go and grow up. I know. I know. Oh. What about well, you guys? we. I feel like. I feel like we don't have maybe as much attachment to the holiday, or we're just still finding our way. I guess because my kids are younger. But I also loved it growing up. I mean, really loved it. I feel like it was just. It's always fun. Um, and yeah, great memories of trick or treating. But um, in our family now, my husband's birthday is October thirtieth. Oh, so. Okay. Happy birthday shout out this week mm-hmm. to my husband. And it is really at this stage that we're in right now with young kids, it is very overshadowed by Halloween. It's almost worse. It would almost be better if it were on Halloween because at least by that day we're celebrating and festive. Right. But I feel like the day before Halloween is kind mm-hmm. of like the flurry of costumes or we're usually trying to carve pumpkins because right. we. I've lived in hot weather places. You can't really carve until a day or two ahead because they rot on your porch. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we're always carving pumpkins on Brian's birthday and getting ready for crazy Halloween at school the next day. So that's kind of a funny little piece of our last year, his cake, we made, I think we celebrated on the first or second like day after Halloween and his cake had leftover Halloween candy on top of it as decoration. <laughs> oh <my like>, <laughs> that's not that's a sad so emblem. So of course yeah. he's a good sport about it. But um, so yeah, so that's kind of our where we are with mm-hmm. it. We, we, we love to carve pumpkins and get into that and do the trick or treating. So we're in a great neighborhood for trick or treating now. That's nice. And that we're, difference. yeah. And I think we're just hitting the, this year Violet's, well, she's not, she's not almost three, but she's getting closer to three. So there's almost three, five and seven, which I feel like we're getting to prime trick or treating. I mean, she yeah. definitely gets it this year, although she calls it candy writing. She couldn't, remember, she couldn't remember the name for trick or treating the other day, and she said, "When we go, when we go Halloween candy riding." Oh my so gosh, now that's where we've picked up that one. But do you, yeah, so. do you do you remember your first Halloween with Allegra? Yeah, oh yeah, oh Did yeah. Did you make a big deal about it? Well, yeah, and that's actually something I was going to share. Um, we did. I had friends with babies. But the funny thing about babies is they don't stay up late and they don't go trick-or-treating. And you right. kind of realize, like, the costumes are so cute. And you get the catalogs starting in, like, August, or now you do. Like, they come to your house magically. And so she was a monkey. She was about six months old and dressed up as a monkey. And she had just learned to sit up independently. Mm-hmm. So it was really, like, all the pictures were really cute because she was this chunky little fat monkey. <laughs> <laughs> But um, one of the things we did that first year, my friends and I who had babies, is we did a brunch potluck instead of doing a nighttime thing because obviously the babies didn't care about staying up late at night and they had bedtimes and whatever. Um, So we dressed them up in their costumes during the day and had a little like play date at the park and it was really fun and that became a tradition for a few years. So I was going to throw that out there for new moms as a tip because it is, it's so fun, but then you realize like, wait, they're not really ready to do Halloween in the way we remember. So. Yeah. Um, how about you with your babies? Well, Did you have any- <clears throat> with you Jacob, new babies at Halloween almost, right? Yeah, or- Jacob. Yeah, Jacob was a year old because right. he, you know, his birthday is in a couple of weeks, so he was almost yeah. a year old for his first Halloween. And you know, I think the town we were living in then it started at six trick or treating, okay. so we took oh, him out. Yeah, that's yeah. Great. And um, we took him out, you know, maybe like three blocks because right. we were carrying him, and um, right. he was dressed up like a uh, like a some kind of wildcat. I can't remember if it was a lion oh. or a tiger. He was adorable, is what he was. Oh, um, and we we have pictures of like just taking him house to house, 
and standing there with him just so people could look at our cute baby. I mean, that's really what it was all about. I didn't want their candy, you know? It was like, hey, look at my baby in a costume. I love um, it. Yeah. And then it was so funny because Owen, um, I'm sorry, Isaac, when he was a baby, so he was a couple of months old when his, for her, his first Halloween, right. or like a month and a half, not even a month, he was like a month old. Let me think about that. Yeah, he would have been just about a month old. Um, so I had him in a sling. And the funny thing is, I and we lived in an apartment complex at the time. So we just walked through the halls and went <laughs> to each door. Um, but I had been nursing him and forgot to button my shirt back up. <laughs> I don't know if you ever did had any of those, like where you answer the door and your shirt was unbuttoned or whatever. <laughs> but I went all around my apartment complex nice. with my shirt unbuttoned and my nursing bra flapped down. And a toddler and a newborn. And the toddler and a newborn. I'm sure I looked you know, a fright. Like I'm sure people knew exactly what was going on with me. I was like, I was dressed as sleep deprivation that year. Think, right. But which is scary. Yeah. In its own <laughs> yeah. special day. My hair was kind of like probably like puffing out of a ponytail and all unkempt. And you know, you I, were mean, I, mom. I probably so- had a big like milk stain on my shirt, but I, uh, yeah. So that was my second one. And then the funny thing, or my second baby. And then the year after that we were traveling. Um, my husband was working in Virginia for some reason. And we ended up going out there and we forgot it was Halloween. Like just forgot because it wasn't, it wasn't a thing. Like we weren't really in that phase yet where I was really thinking about it. Yeah. And if your kids aren't in preschool or daycare and they don't have the outside access. And our, and because I was traveling, I was, everything, my schedule was off Mm -hmm. and my calendar was off and, um, there wasn't Facebook yet to tell me and Pinterest and Instagram (laughs) to remind me of this stuff. So I for, it was like a Tuesday or something. I forgot all about it. And then we ended up remembering and we had to run to the store. You know, we didn't have to. The kids never would have known, but I felt like right. such a terrible mom. So we ran to the store and got them some clearance rack, you know, dumb costume. And then we took them to the mall because we didn't live there. We didn't know where people right. went, went trick-or-treating. So we just took them to the mall for trick-or-treating. Well, fun. Yeah, it was fine. It was – honestly, I probably worried about it more than I needed to. Right. I probably just could have sat that one out. <laughs> but right. I had this compulsion – yeah. Um, and since then it's been, you know, it's, it's become a lot more like mine. You know, we kind of, we put a little more thought into it because we do have the big party and right. because of my kids really want to have a costume picked out. That's like important to them. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't say it's something that we stress a lot about. It's just, you know, we just kind of wing it and it's fun yeah. every year. Oh, I love it. So, I love it. Yeah. Um, so we talked about babies. Did any of your other baby, did you have any other awesome baby costumes? A lot of your babies were born around this time of year. Yeah. Um, we had a dog costume that every one of my kids, Aww. William, Owen, and Clara, wore at least twice. Nice. So, and and I didn't like so it's it's got the floppy ears and it goes uh-huh. up over their heads. And then I would always draw like an eye patch. Oh on yeah, yeah. Each I feel kid. like I've seen a picture. I'm gonna see if I can find pictures yeah. of all three of them. I know I have a picture of William and Owen. Clara is actually in that one of all of my kids, and she's crying. <laughs> she was super unhappy that year. Um, I think that she was about two or like a year and a half then. Yeah. And she was not happy, um, that Halloween at all, but <laughs> they, it was adorable. And that, that was kind of a fun tradition because, you know, not only do I have these cute pictures where they're all wearing the same thing, yes. but I didn't have to think about it, which right. sometimes like that two, three year old costume age range is hard to find a good costume because they sell yeah. out really fast. Well, and, or they don't want to wear it. Or they like, don't want to wear it. If it's, un- that's the age of like, if it's uncomfortable yeah. or they don't like anything on their head or yeah. they're, you know, anyway. this actually kind of just went on like a hoodie. Almost. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was nice. Um, and then I will say the older kids, Jacob and Isaac, and into some degree, Will and Owen were ninjas at least twice <laughs> each on nice. their own, you know, 
we had this we had the band of costumes we pull it out right. and there's all these pieces these cloaky things and yeah. these capes and stuff and somehow someone always wanted to be a ninja and i i fear that that is over now i think everyone's gotten a little more creative and specific and i don't have any kids now who are just like yeah whatever i'll just throw on this ninja costume right so, eh, another well, era i know the era of the ninja yeah um, well, I did want to mention before we move on from babies that we've talked about our friends at rookiemoms.com before, but they have done some great baby Halloween and toddler Halloween costume ideas that are based around pajamas. And I think they've done a few of these posts and we'll link up to those. Um, but if you do have a little baby or a toddler and you're not going to be out super late or doing a big thing, they have all these costumes ideas that are based around a pair of pajamas. So in other mm -hmm. words, like you wear your pajamas and you add a tail or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, cute. that's nice. Cute ideas, so we'll link to that in the show notes. So, yeah. um, so let's kind of move on. I have a few things to say or bring up about toddlers and preschoolers, just because that's been my life over the last couple years. But I feel like um, Halloween gets kind of challenging in those ages for a few reasons, um, and one is being fearful. Have you had kids who were afraid at Halloween time? I know I have. Um, yeah, I'm trying to. Rem I mean, I don't. I don't know that they were afraid, like crying when they saw people in costume. I think some of them were more anxious about the whole thing than others. Yeah. Um, some of them just plain didn't really want to do it at that age. Right. And that's well, tough yeah, when that's you have other kids. Another, the yeah. all out refusal is another. Right. <laughs> and that's tough when you have other kids, you know? I mean, yeah. I guess you can always leave one kid home with mom or dad to hand out candy while the other kids go out or whatever. But I mean, I just feel like. For, for us, there was definitely at least a couple of them who just kind of were like, nope, not doing it. Like Clara that year. And I think we did end up just leaving her at home with, yeah. I think, with John. Um, which is fun because, I mean, I guess you can always tag team. But the fear thing, and I, I know you wrote that great post about it last year. I don't remember there being like a direct Halloween fear in any of my kids, but I could just be blocking it out. Well, I, so my oldest was super fearful of anything, um, inanimate that was animated. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. Remember, uh -huh. um, Tickle Me Elmo? Remember when that yeah. was big? So she was afraid of Tickle Me Elmo. That just gives you, so anything yes. that was like moved by itself and had batteries was terrifying. And I think, I don't, I mean, I don't think she's the only kid. I think that's fairly common, but she, it was pretty extreme. So her, her second Halloween, she would have been like 18 months. So I feel like that year and probably even the next year, like one and a half and two and a half, it was like the yard displays, like the things mm -hmm. where you walk up to the front door and mm -hmm. something starts tackling at you was yes. just terrifying. So I think probably what happened for me as a mom is then I became like really aware of those things because I had two, two straight years of, you know, having to like deal with a freaking out toddler. Right. Um, and I don't know that anybody else was was that sensitive but I do know that like both Allegra and Reed I feel like more in the three and four year old range would get kind of into it where they'd kind of like the scary stuff but there's mm -hmm. always that point where usually it's like a bad dream like they have a lot of fun with it but then they have a bad dream about it or just almost almost like you know like the thrill seeking like right. really into it to a point and then you can just kind of see their eyes like right. eyes get big and yeah. um you know i feel like we've always had some bad dreams around halloween time so i think it's just something to to be aware of and it's harder especially if you have older kids and you're going out and you know trick or treating and stuff and people um get into the scary stuff you have to be yeah. a little a little protective if you have sensitive ones um i have one really funny story about that real quick which is when allegra was probably four, maybe three and a half. Um, she was finally kind of over all that and was super into Halloween and trick-or-treating that year. Had a blast. We got home, she was having her candy and she'd done really well. Just, you know, wasn't afraid, really confident, had so much fun. And the doorbell rang and she was so excited to answer 
the door for the trick-or-treaters because we had just been out around the block and we'd come home. So she runs to the door and opens it. And of course, it's like three or four, you know, 12-year-olds in like the most hideous masks. You know, the masks (laughs) that they're like. Yeah, she just stood there and like ran away and cried. It was like she'd come so far in that fear. And then, of course, the one the one group of kids she answers the door to is like the most terrifying thing. We felt so bad. And she was so excited. Do your kids now, how do you guys handle candy in your house? Do your kids swap it? Do you, you know, yeah, we have it. I usually (laughs) let them go at it that night, you Mm -hmm. know, like when they get home, just go at it. And sometimes even the next day, I'm like too tired to put any structure around it. And then every year my rules change a little bit, but I would say either November 1st or November 2nd, I do a couple things. One, the candy belongs to me and I keep it in the pantry or somewhere out of sight. And we've usually had like some kind of rule I make up. Sometimes it's like you can have five pieces in the in a day and you can have them whenever you want. But once you've had your five, they're done. Mm-hmm. And they'll, they'll literally like eat them after breakfast and then they're just done. And that one worked well. I even had, I think when you had them pick them in the morning, pick your five and put them like, you know, up on the counter or someplace where you know where they are. And then don't talk to me about it. Eat them whenever you want. And when they're gone, they're gone. So I've done it that way. You know, we've kind of done like, maybe it was like one piece after lunch and two after dinner, but I usually do get pretty structured about it. And then I just kind of cross my fingers and hope that after like a week or so, that just no one cares anymore. I feel like all the good stuff's gone by then. And yes. I just, I think the key to, at least for me, is to keep it in my possession and out of sight. Because if it's in a big bowl, I feel like it's a constant, you know, right. can I have one more? So I don't know. How have you guys handled that? Well, you know, I was just going to say, like, I don't know if kids just aren't getting the same kind of hauls as they did when we were little. I feel like my Halloween candy lasted forever. Of course, this is remembering, you know, I'm thinking back now 30 years. So who knows how accurate my memory actually is. But I feel like my kids are out of good candy by, like, the second day. Like, uh-huh. especially when you consider the mom tax was what I call it when I steal, like, their Kit Kats and yeah. um, Hershey bars and stuff. So the mom tax is always takes a little bit of their chocolate. And then... You know, I, I do the same thing. Like, I let them have a free-for-all that night, and they like to spread the candy out and trade. I remember doing that, sorting everything out mm-hmm. into piles and then trading. And then um, the second day, you know, depending on whether they have school or not, sometimes if they have school, it's not really that big of a – you know, it's not really an issue because by the time right. they get home, there's just not that much candy consumption time right. left in the day. And then by the third day, we've, we've got it all dumped and consolidated in a bowl – and it's like Mary Janes and candy corns. I, I don't think – I feel right. like we just run out. And yeah. that might be having teenagers who – are probably also stealing from their yeah. siblings' um, buckets and stuff. So, or just you know asking, and the kids are are too afraid of their brothers to say no or whatever. But I I just don't think like it's not really a thing anymore. And well, and we, I do feel like maybe not all kids are this way, but I do feel like after the age of maybe seven, eight, I feel like even kids get a little better at self-regulation. Yes, I agree. <laughs> like, I, I totally think it's agree. the toddlers and the preschoolers it, and cer- certain kids more than others, but that just would eat themselves into right. oblivion. Yeah. Um, and and, for I, me, and I, I, we don't usually go out for the whole trick-or-treating time either. I mean, we, right. unless, when the kids are big enough to go on their own, like this year, you know, maybe we'll do half an hour with them and then come home and then the big kids can kind of go back out if they want, mm-hmm. but we'll only do like a half hour. So right. Clara's not going to have that much right. candy. It's just right. not going to have it, you right. know? So it's not, I feel like it's just not as big of a deal as I feel like every year it's going to be this big thing and it's not. Yeah. Well, and I think it probably depends on like what your triggers are as a mom too. Like I don't actually have a problem with some sugar consumption. Like that's okay with me. But what I don't like is the whining and the asking over and over yes. again and then uh-huh. the renegotiating. Like, well, you said I could have three pieces and no. And then, and then having to keep track of what they've had. Yeah. The so policing like, is the worst. 
for me, like that's my motivator. But for some people, you know, the sugar or the health factors are really the primary thing, in which case you can do like the trade in or like, you know, some people like the Halloween fairy comes and the kid gets a toy the next day and the candy's just gone. So um, I think how you handle it is probably, you know, kind of depends on what your trigger points are, what your like highest priority is. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I I know people who do the the candy fairy and what what they call it, the candy fairy where Halloween fairy. <clears throat> stuff like that. It's just, it's never been that big of a deal for us. So it's never yeah. been something I felt like we had to do that for. Maybe I'd feel differently if my kids were really little and I was concerned about, you know, the sugar to weight ratio or something. Right. Um, but by the time I was even kind of aware of those things, my kids were already bigger. So it just right. never really was a thing. Yeah. I, and I don't like, I kind of, um, if it's been like a week of, you know, too much sugar and sometimes with Halloween that happens, like if they have stuff at school and right. then a party and then this, it's more like over the course of a week and then I'm just like, okay, we're yeah. done with the sugar. But I don't, it doesn't bother me for those two or three days post, um, post trigger treating. So speaking of the Halloween parade, it's funny that Sarah and I were texting about this the other day because we record on Fridays and yes. you know, this week we'll be recording on Friday, which is the 30th. Um, the yeah. 30th and our kids will all have some kind of Halloween parade. And we actually discussed the Halloween parties last, was it last week or two weeks ago when we did the, Yes. Oh, yeah, being, yeah, about yeah. being at school. Yeah. <clears throat> and I admitted that I usually just sneak in, you know, watch the kids walk by from right. the hallway in the parade, and then I dart back out. But this week, I might actually not go. I might have John go, which would be new for us. I've always been the one, just no, for no real reason. I've just yeah. always been the one who's gone. I don't think he's ever been at the Halloween parade. So I, this to- week, I, I totally right. am, like, not going to the – It's so it's my kindergartner who has the parade on Friday, but it's his. he's at the same school that he was for preschool. So it's the- – <laughs> their parade and I'm totally skipping out for the second year in a row and sending my husband. But like I told you when we were talking about it, I drop him off and pick him up at school every day. Having daddy go to school is like a really big deal. And Brian's taking the day off that day because it's his birthday and his mom's visiting. And so I feel like sending them is almost more special than me being there. And it's like 10 minutes of, you know, parading Iron Man's and Elsa's. And I don't know, I guess I feel a little guilty, but not, not enough to change up my Friday. (laughs) Not enough Um, not to talk to me. Our our (laughs) elementary school does not wear costumes. Um, at all to school so they don't have anything at the elementary school but you guys do right that's the parade yeah we do it's it's toward the end of the day and it might there might not even be a conflict um I'm just assuming there will be so John can do it (laughs) it's just just in the mood for John to do it this year and like you said I mean I see the kids every like we do the dropping off generally speaking um I am with them more you know so it's more of a big deal and I'm more present in the school it's a bigger deal for John to come and right um so yeah and even if not I mean I just don't it doesn't really I remember um so Jenna, my sister-in-law, is a teacher, and mm-hmm. she took a like a year off after having at least two of her babies. I don't know if she did with the third. But I remember like the year she went back and couldn't go to the school parade. I thought, oh, does she feel really bad about that? And she's like, well, no. I mean, you just know when you're a teacher, you can't leave your teaching job to go to the other school right. to do something with your kid. Like, that's just right. not realistic. And she's like, no, it's not really a yeah. thing. I don't think she felt bad about it at all. It's like, oh, okay. I guess I don't yeah. feel bad about it either, so... Yeah. No, I agree. And I think it's interesting that more elementary schools, I think, are moving away from celebrating Halloween at school at, at all. all. That's interesting Either. to me. I would have thought maybe the the no costume thing is just for logistics. I think it's partly afraid, logistics. Or, I think and they also don't do any food or sweets. So there's no like, oh, right. there, there's no classroom parties anymore at all in our elementary yeah. school. Oh, wow. Um, 
In fact, last year, I'll have to dig up this email because I totally like, like um, Instagrammed a section of it from our teacher last year. And it was like, tomorrow is a normal, it was like the day before Halloween. Tomorrow is a normal day. Your child will not be in costume. There is no part. It was just the way it was worded. It was like, wow, oh, <laughs> just in case right. you thought you were going to have fun tomorrow. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya, is back on the show today. And I just really love this company. Typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise. They're filled with two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and other gummy junk most parents don't really want their growing kids eating. That's why Haya, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin, was created. That's right, Megan. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern kids' diets to provide the full-body nourishment they need. And Haya vitamins have a yummy taste kids love, too. So we were just talking to Katie on our team, Megan, and she was saying that when they get down toward the bottom of the high vitamin bottle, her boys are fighting over who gets the last one. Oh, I love it. And I also love that Katie can feel good about that, right? Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door. So parents never need to worry about running out. And we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash mom hour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Yeah, I think it's some logistics. Um, I don't know. I don't know if there's like a religious aspect to some people not celebrating or Maybe. feeling, I don't know. But, but you our, know, it seems like a lot of places get around that by doing a harvest or yeah. some kind of, I mean, no classroom parties feels a little harsh to me. You don't have to have sweets for it to be a party. I know. I agree. And it doesn't yeah, but, have to necessarily be directly tied to a religious or right. a secular holiday either. It right. could just be a time of year or, I mean, I, I feel know. like that's part of what makes life special. I know. It's no, it's bummer. pretty, yeah, it is pretty strict at our school. Now, I will say our elementary school does their big fundraising, huge carnival around Halloween. It's called Boo Bash, and it's usually the week before, and mm-hmm. the kids wear costumes to that. It's after school, so it's not okay. during school. Um, and that just happened this past Friday. Um, and so I think in the, the kids do feel like they've seen their friends in their mm-hmm. costumes and they've celebrated yeah. Halloween. And it is really fun. I mean, it's a great event. So, um, but yeah, the day of Halloween at our elementary school it's is a regular, it's day. a regular day. Gosh, darn it. <laughs> um, so, okay. So that brings up, I wanted to ask about your big kids going off by themselves. And yeah. you talked about doing that because, um, that's like beyond where we are. So mm-hmm. talk about how that's happened and, you know, yeah. we've talked about safety and kind of stuff before on this show, but yeah, yeah, I, I think, um, well, first of all, it kind of has depended on where they fall with their sibling and if they have someone to buddy up with. Right. Or a cousin or something. So I want to say I started letting them all do that around the age of like 10. And if you were, if you happened to be eight and your brother mm-hmm. was 10, you could maybe do the block right. by the house. But, and then like, I've just kind of like let them, um, slowly start to branch out more. It helps that we're, you know, there's not a lot of traffic around us. Um, it's a pretty small town. You don't, they don't have to cross any major intersections or anything to get to houses. So that's, mm-hmm. that's one of my concerns, honestly, because, um, 
we live on this main drag through town. And I mean, it's a small town, but still, this is like the busiest. We live on the busiest street in town. Right. And last year when we had our, um, when we had the big haunt out front, people were stopping in front of our house to look at it. Well, you can't stop yeah. on this street. Like yeah. someone was going to get, was yeah. going to get, you know, rear ended hard. Um, because there's no, there's no place to pull over. You know, right. it's like, it's just a right. street and right. there's no parking. So, that and like watching people drive kids in like really busy neighborhoods door to door makes me really mm-hmm. freak out. So like I've always kind of had the rules where kids you have to, if you're going to be, you know, you have to stay on the sidewalk, no like darting back and forth. So I, it's always had to be when I feel like they can handle that. And some mm-hmm. kids handle it earlier than others. Owen was right. a darter. And I remember yeah. having one of the most epic meltdowns of my life on a Halloween night when he saw a house he liked and just took off. Like I was, oh I think he was like maybe five, maybe. Oh. Yeah. And I'm walking down the street, you know, holding Clara. She was little. Right. And he just ran across the street. And there was yeah. no car coming at that moment, but there was yeah. so many cars because there were so many people driving their kids around. Right. Which I have issues with, too, when it's that busy. It's like there's so many kids around. Just park your car. It's nice. Right. You know, you don't need to be driving right now. Right. Um, and he darted, and I screamed at him. Like, I look back now, and it was one of those utter freak out mom moments yeah. where something triggered me really hard and I flipped out and people were staring at me. I mean, it was bad, <laughs> bad, bad, bad. But I was like, what are you doing? And they're like, you never, and like you never, you never, you never. I just kept saying never over and over. And like, like my head was exploding and I was melting down. Um, anyway, so I guess that was like a really long rambly way of answering the question, which is to say, I think around 10, but it totally depends on the kid. And yeah. it depends on the neighborhood we've lived in. It depends on yeah. like how many kids are out and if they ha- if they're in a pack or by themselves or what. So what about you guys? Do you think that's going to be something that's Yeah, I mean, we're not there yet, but mm-hmm. um I do feel like we're in a pretty safe street. We're on a big long, one big long street with no like cul-de-sacs or intersections mm-hmm. and we're right in the middle of it. So okay. the only cars coming to our point in the street are usually coming to one of the houses and they tend to slow down. Yeah. Um so I do feel like that those ages sound about right for me. And again, I usually pair my older two up. Yeah. Um, yesterday, actually, I sent them in daylight hours to deliver flyers because we're having a little potluck. It's actually mm-hmm. my neighbor's having the potluck, but I designed and printed the flyers for her because she was working on our school's, uh, the big carnival. So yeah. I took that on. Um, but I let them go pretty much up and down the whole street, which is out of my sight. You know, it was daylight right. and they were together. But I do feel like, yeah, like we talked about in our free range kids kind of independence episodes, which are 12 and 13, by the way, if anybody wants to go back when we talked about a lot of this stuff. It was good. It felt good to me to let them go do that. They stuck together. They're yeah. five and seven. Um, and but it was a ways. I mean, it was yeah. it was a long stretch. They can't get lost because it's one street right. and they weren't going to go to the busy street at the end. But um, yeah, I feel like those ages probably sound right. I think my biggest fear thinking about it would be getting separated and still even when we're out with the kids because it's so dark and there's so many kids that I feel like, you know, Allegra is pretty conscientious, but I feel like Reed wouldn't be running away. He would just lose track of where, yeah, <laughs> of yeah, who yeah. was around him. So if I wasn't paying attention, so he, you know, he'd have to be old enough where he knew to stay with a sibling, right. which yeah. isn't going to be real soon. <laughs> you know, and I would say too, like, I think that those ages, um, five and seven, like if it's in your neighborhood, especially, you know, when trick-or-treating starts here, I don't know how it is there, but it's broad daylight when it starts here. And then it gets yeah. dark. It gets dark pretty fast after yeah, that. Yeah, fast. Yeah. Um, but like for the first 20 minutes, I've let little kids 
go yeah. through the, the houses around our house while I'm yeah. getting other kids ready or, you know. That's a good idea. Candy. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. <clears throat> so just like within, you know, eyesight, but mm-hmm. just like, hey, go next door. Go two doors down. Go, yeah, and then go the other direction. And and, and it, I think it is kind of a kick for the kids sometimes to get to do that yeah. by themselves without having to go off, you know, go off and, and on no, this No, that's, that's a great point about kind of baby steps. And that brings up something else that I wrote about um, in the post last year that I'll link to, which is kind of teaching kids the etiquette or the manners of trick-or-treating. And this is something that I've always kind of had a big thing about is if my kids are going to get candy from the neighbors, I want them to know how to trick-or-treat. Like I feel like a lot of little kids get up there and just kind of stand there. And that's fine if they're shy or whatever. But we, I really make a big deal that they, they have to say trick-or-treat. I mean, we practice. Like when somebody opens the door, you say trick-or-treat. When the candy basket is offered, I tell them they can take one unless someone specifically says, oh, you get two or here, take more. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes people do, but otherwise you take one unless you're offered otherwise. And then you say, thank you. And then you say happy Halloween when you leave. And that's like, they have their little script or marching orders because I do feel like as they get older, if they haven't learned that, then it it is, I mean, you always kind of, it kind of sucks to have open the door and have rude, surly kids. And sometimes it's just because they freeze up and they forget, but I do kind of make part of the social contract and they do, you're right. They do have to kind of they don't just know it. They need to be taught it. And so yeah. you'll hear me behind my kids like, say trick or treat, yeah. say thank you. You yeah. know, it's like, and I just par- like parroting it the whole time when they're little, but now they all know the drill and they know yeah. how to do it. So yeah. it's great. It's like, you just, you don't know it until you know it. And right. um, they can't learn it unless they've had some guidance. So, and, and I, then some chance to practice. Exactly. And I think going back to the independence thing is we definitely stay back at the curb now and yeah. don't go up to the door with them after they're, you know, two or three years old. Um, and they have to do all that. If they want the candy, they got to go through that on their own. And we hang back at the curb. So I guess that's kind of another intermediate step before totally letting them go. Does your neighborhood do a thing called booing, which was really big a few years ago? Um, Yes. Yes. (laughs) So we got, so this is so funny, like two or three years ago, we got booed and we got all excited and we put together our own boo kits or whatever. Yeah. And then we went to the neighborhood, like really, um, our street isn't the best, but like there's one street away that's fantastic. Huh. Like, you know, just a very neighborhoody feel and everyone participates and like that's where the good candy is and yeah. that's where you know a light's going to be on at every house on during trick-or-treating. Um, <clears throat> but they, all the houses had already been booed. Oh. So like like the, the tryerhards had, <laughs> the tryharders had booed everybody. And so I was like, what? Well, now who am I going to boo? So I went, ended up booing some random house like on a different street. And it was just wasn't as fun because I thought these people are not going to have any idea what this is because obviously this is like a neighborhood thing everyone's doing. But then no one did it last year. Oh, that's and interesting. And no one did this year. It's like it was just like a one-year thing. So if you've never been booed, basically, it's like a surprise goodie basket on your door, kind of secret, like you don't know who dropped it there. And then you're supposed to pay it forward and do the same to a couple more houses. Now, when we got booed this year, I think it said to just do two. So you wouldn't do, you wouldn't, you know, it's kind of like a pass it on. But the best part about this year is I actually know who booed us. It was a friend of mine, but it was when I was traveling to Michigan to hang out with you and Uh Brian did the whole thing with the kids. He went and got the stuff at Target. I got all these compliments the next week, like, oh, thank you for booing us. I was like, it wasn't me. And it was actually, they did a great job. I think he made it more fun than I would have. Oh, that's cool. (laughs) Yeah. And I got home and it was done. Yeah. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Um, okay. So how about teenagers? Should we talk teens? Yeah, and- let's talk teens. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you know that I wrote, I, I mean, this post I wrote, it's probably been six years since I originally wrote it. I wrote it for my yeah. blog and then it went in, 
in the Huffington Post. It gets reshared every year and it kind of pops back up. And Washington Post. Oh, yeah. Washington Post. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. And then I'm always reminded. Um, I'm always reminded of it, like, because it'll pop up on one of my friend's walls. They'll be like, yeah. this is my yearly reshare. Yeah. But I, I basically wrote an essay about how tired I was of people being grumpy about teenage trick-or-treaters. Mm-hmm. And this whole idea that there's an age where they should stop and that it's, you know, only for little kids. And I, I, I think that people who have little kids and it's kind of like how I felt about big kids playing on the playground when I didn't have any big kids. Then I had big kids and was like, Oh, they're still kids and they still get to play. And just because, you know, they're rough and loud doesn't mean they don't, they're not entitled to be on the playground. Um, and maybe a little scary to a toddler. So I think this is something I didn't really come into until I was out of that super protective, my baby's phase and more into like trying to, you know, figure out how to let my bigger kids navigate the world. Um, but anyway, I, there's so much grumpiness about teenage trick-or-treaters. And it makes me really sad because I feel like teens these days don't have a lot of childhood stuff to hang on to anymore. Right. We, you know, they grow up fast. They're in a really high-pressure environment in high school now, much more so than they were. They're expected to know and do things that are so adult. And they're still right. kids. And I feel right. like Halloween's for everybody. I mean, adults dress up too. Right. You know? No, completely. So, um, and adults go to adult parties and adults do adult stuff. And, and teens don't really have that. They only really have the kid holiday. So... I just don't see the big deal. I don't either. I want to read. I want to read this paragraph from this essay because I love it, um, and it's kind of what you just said. But and then we'll point people in the show notes. But you said you wrote nobody wants to dole out candy to sullen trick or treating teens who look like they couldn't be bothered to dress up. I get it, but let's consider for a moment that the kid who shows up on your door with no costume might just be longing for a bit of that Halloween magic. Maybe he can't quite bring himself to wear a costume in front of his friends. Maybe he's just a brat. I don't really care, frankly. I mean, the kids are asking me for a piece of candy, not a piece of my liver. What's the big deal? <laughs> yeah. I love that. And I, I think you hit the nail on the head, which is when you only have the adorable, chubby toddlers and preschoolers, teenagers right. are kind of scary. Like, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. like They're like a different animal, and they don't behave like normal little kids. Right. Um, but I think you, I think what, the reason people share that piece so much is you just kind of raised an awareness that not a lot of people had thought about. Yeah. And it is, it is maybe the default to get grumpy about trick-or-treaters on, I mean, teenagers trick-or-treating at your door, but I, I will never think about it that way again. It's a great, well, that's a nice great to know. Piece. And I, um, I, and you know, of course I prefer when they put some effort in and, and put a costume on. I mean, right. obviously we all want that for everybody who shows up at a door, like some kind of effort, but I just don't feel like it's my, pl- it's not my place to really right. care that much to get on I'm a not their parent. You know, yeah. it's, it's a piece of candy. Big yeah. deal. It's, you know, as they, as they don't rob me, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not really worried about it. It's like, right. yeah, it's, it's a one day. And the other thing I really think is special about Halloween and the reason I want it to be accessible to teens is I feel like it's sometimes the only time you see your neighbors. The only time you yes. walk up to someone's front door who you share a street with or yeah. a, na- a town or a neighborhood with and look them in the eye and yeah. say hello. And I want to know who the teenagers are in my neighborhood yeah. as well as the kids. And, and for kids. them to feel like they are a part of that neighborhood. Right. Exactly. I mean- I don't know, since since uh, our sponsors, responsibility.org, I feel like we can also talk about, I know when I was a teenager, uh, Halloween was a big party opportunity yeah. for mm-hmm. teenagers in my town. So I grew up in Santa Barbara, which has UCSB, like next door, it's really in like the next town, but UCSB has like a legendary <laughs> Halloween weekend. I mean, the, 
they send in like LA riot cops oh to gosh. manage Halloween wow. at UCSB. It's crazy. And that's the college scene. But when I was in high school, that was the cool thing to do for high schoolers was to go try and go to those parties, which of course, like now as a parent sounds terrifying. Right. And I never did that Halloween, but um, I know that my mom was very fearful that we would or that we would go down there or even when we were older, even yeah. when we were like college age. Um, so it can be scary if the the worst they're doing is trick-or-treating around the right. neighborhood. Right. Well, and if kids don't have, you know, if teenagers don't have age-appropriate options, right. then they'll look elsewhere for fun. And, right. you know, when I was a teenager, I remember, you know, dressing up in some skanky costume um, mm-hmm. and trying to go find parties because I didn't feel like I could trick-or-treat. That wasn't right. available to me. And I wanted to dress up and have fun and with my friends. And so, yeah, they look for other options. I would right. totally rather my teenagers were trick-or-treating. Now, right. ironically, after I wrote that piece, um, neither of my teenagers... Well, actually, that's not true. Sometimes they will take their little siblings out. Oh, I think they funny. like to do it. Yeah. I don't think that they necessarily care enough about it. Um, I, I don't know. It's William is 12 this year. He just turned... Actually, he's 12 today. It's his birthday today oh. as we're recording. Um, but William is 12, and he's, he's showing no signs of slowing down. I don't yeah. think he'll stop. I, I love think it. Owen and Will will be in it for a while. Jake and Isaac just kind of got over it probably around 14. Well, but. I know I had a couple of years where I didn't. It probably happens like the, the middle school years, yeah. the self-consciousness or just not feeling like. And then I like had one like like last hurrah where I went trick-or-treating in full costume with some friends. I think it was my freshman year of high school. So it's like mm-hmm. I almost sat out 12 and 13 and that at 14, I was back out there. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember yeah, that. Yeah, that really makes sense. Kids kind well. of come and go. And it was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that, that totally makes sense. Like, you know, coming in and out. And I can't, I think I did the same thing where when I went to college, I didn't trick or treat, but I definitely got more into dressing up again. Yes. Um, for a while, I just didn't really do that. So, you know, kids go through different phases and, yeah. and you might find the younger kid does that. And that's the one thing too. Like, I think sometimes it's hard for us to, um, you know, like we have this attachment to something, like the idea of something. Mm-hmm. And then when our kids don't embrace it, that can be, you know, like, like that was like a personal insult right. to us. You know what right. I mean? Like right. what the, the dream of whatever holiday that I had right. from when I was a kid, you're going to do it that way. But I've right. had kids who were just not into Halloween one year and right. they were more into it the next year. You never know. It can come kind of come and go. Yeah. So. That's, that's a really good point. So what, um, before we kind of start our wrap up, what is everybody being in this house, in your house this year? Does everybody have their costumes chosen? Um, okay. So the thing is, I don't know what they are. <laughs> Because there's some, like, anime characters, and I have no idea. Like, I know what they look like, but I don't know what they are. And is this all of them? Are they doing uh, Jake and Isaac, I don't think, are dressing up. If they do, they'll just grab something out of the box and put it on. Clara is still undecided, so we're recording this a week, you know, less than a week from Halloween, and she doesn't know what she wants to be. Does she have a short list? (laughs) She's changed. I mean, she wanted to be, like, some kind of wildcat, then she changed her mind. And those aren't costumes that are easy just to make, you know? Right. Um, she thought about being a panda, which oh, would be that easy. would be, that cute. Would be easy, cute and easy to make. I think Super we might. Cool. I might steer her in that direction. Yeah, um, because I love be, it when they are steerable. Yes, um, I think I could, and she would be an adorable panda. Yes, she um, would. I think I could probably get her to go for that. So that's what I'm gonna push her toward. But I, you know, it's not unusual for us to not know until the day or two before. I think that's kind of fun. Plus, the yeah. kids can change their minds too if you do it too early. Yeah. I've always told my kids I will buy. I don't, and I don't always buy a full costume. It depends on what they want to be. But I will, I will finance a one costume per year. If you change right. your mind, you get Too the late. dress up in. Like you yeah, don't have exactly. to wear that. But I'm not. There's there's no buying something else. Right. So. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And uh, I try to stay away from like the Halloween store kind of yeah. environment anyway because 
I just, it, you go in there and you drop a whole bunch of money. The costumes yeah. are crappy and mostly really yeah. age inappropriate, I yes. find. Yes. And um, so we just kind of like pick and like we'll go to Target and they usually have a few cute things. and Yeah. Or you, you can kind of there. start with what you have and then buy right. an accessory or two. Yeah, exactly. That as well. So, um, and we're having a, you know, our yearly adult party. And right. the theme this year is 80s movies. <laughs> so I'm not going to give away. I don't know if any of my friends or family listen to the show, but I'm not going to. Most of us have secrets. So I'm not yes. going to give away what I'm going to be, but I will say that both John and I are going to be different Tom Cruise characters. Oh, that is awesome. So different movies, different 80s movies. I just pictured John from Risky Business for some reason, and I don't want you to confirm or that deny. Was, that was on the short list. I'll, I will not confirm or deny, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling like I'm kind of now the, the costume keeper, so people are letting me know what they are because there was so much at first. There was a lot of people wanting to be the same things, and I don't care if you know people show up as the same thing, but people were worried about it. So now right. I've become kind of like the costume whisperer, and so people right. are you know letting, like, oh, what do you think of this idea? And then without giving anything away, I have to say, well. You might what? want to consider blah, blah, blah. So I love it. Yeah, oh it's going to be a lot of fun. And I actually want it now. I wanted to circle back because um, because of our sponsor, Responsibility.org, I do want to just like talk about that really quick. Yeah. Because for us, you know, Halloween is an adult, an adult affair. And we mm-hmm. have an adult-oriented party every year which in which there is alcohol. So mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, I do feel like I've heard more lately about um, – like Halloween trick-or-treating being like a drinking thing. Like I remember a few years ago, someone was talking about carrying a wine glass from house to house and, you know, and getting like, getting a refill at every house they went oh, to. Gosh. And <laughs> I'm like, I, you know, I just kind of stand like in the middle, like the houses I've known, like the, I've known neighborhoods where that kind of thing happens. It tends to be like a development where it's on a cul-de-sac and mm-hmm. these are little kids going to like 10 houses. So it's not right. like moms walking around getting sloshed, right. you know, you're getting like, you're probably having like the equivalent of a glass of wine and it just makes right. it more fun. Right. Um, on the other hand, I guess I can see how be- turning it into like a big drinking holiday can really take away from the safety aspect yeah. and just like the fun for the kids. So I just, I tend to take kind of a, like a middle ground. Like I don't feel like I have to be so invested in making everything awesomely magical and fun for my kids that I'm not allowed to do anything like adult for myself. Um, right. I don't want to be like that about it. Right. I just think that there's always balance. And so for us, you know, we've always managed to keep the two separate, like trick or treating is one night. The adult party is a different night mm-hmm. this year. We're combining them, but we'll do all kid oriented stuff early in the day. Then after mm-hmm. trick or treating, we're taking them all over to um, my brother's house and getting a sitter and leaving them there and then coming back to the house for the adult party. So I just, you know, I feel like with a little forethought, yeah, it's not hard to figure out a balance. No, I think that's a great, I think that's a great point. And I think, um, you know, however alcohol works in your family culture, Mm -hmm. normally, I think the holidays are. Hello? A chance to just kind of reinforce those values. So if the, if, if people drink alcohol to celebrate in your family, then there's nothing wrong with that. But kids can see over time those responsible behaviors like, you know, taking them over and getting a sitter because it is an adult party rather right. than having them come in and out trick-or-treating while the adult party is going on. Right, so exactly. I think kids pick up on those those values over the long term. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good I point. agree. Um, yeah, so where does this – Where? yeah. Did we cover everything? Um, oh, I was going to tell you what my kids are being for Halloween. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, we got we got off track. Um so I have a Hermione from Harry Potter. Oh, fun. Yeah, it's very cute. Um, and we were really adorable. into the Harry Potters earlier this year. So that one. And then 
Reed is a uh, reptile scientist. By the way, do not Google snake handler Halloween costumes, FYI. Okay. Because... It sounds like it's going to be dirty. It was dirty, and I did not (laughs) picture that at all. I didn't have the right words to... He just is like... He loves reptiles and snakes, so he's going to wear this cute little like safari, kind of like the crocodile hunter type Mm -hmm. look. And I glued little plastic snakes around his hat. Like, it looks like he's just a snake scientist guy. Really cute. Um, And then Violet is Minnie Mouse. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. One year, this reminded me... Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. She keeps the costume on. She likes to put it on, but then she likes to take it off like five minutes later. So we'll see. That's adorable. This reminds me of one year when Jacob couldn't decide what he wanted to be. And it was like the last minute. Um, I think he was like seven and it was the last minute. And I'm like, Jacob, you just got to pick something. We had this huge, you know, the bin, all the stuff. Yeah. Out. So he decided to be Halloween man. And he just had like all the, he just put like pieces of every costume on. So we had That's awesome. like a mask and a hand, like a robot hand that we had and uh, a cape and then like a, a t-shirt with a, like, like a skeleton on it and all this crazy stuff. And he was just Halloween man. I love it. it I love awesome. it. Sometimes I love the kids could be very creative about that. Totally. Stuff. Totally. Yeah. And like waiting till the last minute is almost a way to encourage that because yeah, exactly. there's no, there's no like licensed character costumes coming out of the bin at right, <laughs> the 11th exactly. hour. Exactly. I love it. Well, so should we wrap it up. I think so. All right. Going to be a fun week of Halloween stuff. Um, I'd love for people to tell us what their kids are going to be or what your Halloween traditions are. I wanted to I wanted to point people to the show notes. I know we we talk about it all the time. We say we'll link to this in the show notes, but I know there's people out there who are listening pretty exclusively on their smartphone, like through a podcast app. Um, and if you never make it over to the website, you should come come on over. Um, so we always link to the things we talk about. You can just find us at themomhour.com. Once you get to themomhour.com, you'll see a list of episodes. So if this is the most recent one, this is episode 25, you'd link to that show right there. You can browse past shows. But um, people leave comments there. We can continue the conversation there. Um, there's also a link to sign up for email so that you can be emailed when a new episode airs. Um, and then when we have our awesome sponsors like responsibility.org, all of their information is there. So you've been listening on your phone, which is awesome because that's super convenient. Um, but do take a minute to stop over um, at the show notes and tell us hi and check out the website and and find us that way too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And leave us a, leave us a comment. I mean, we've been getting so many great comments and emails. We love yes. it. It keeps yes. us, it, it keeps us going. Keeps us going. It feeds our souls. It feeds our energies. No, just kidding. Well, I maybe lo- a little bit. I love yeah. it. Well, um, happy Halloween, everyone, happy Halloween to and to you guys. And thanks to responsibility.org for sponsoring this episode and yeah. conversation. And when we'll be back in November. Yes. Oh my gosh. It'll be a new month. So Sounds good. See you in a week. All right. Bye bye. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring, just kind of as an experiment, and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Our listeners wanted to look me up there. 
I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N francis.substack.com. The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%.